What's happening, guys? Uh, welcome to the Battleground Podcast. It is your host, Battle, and on the show today, we are very excited to have this guy on. Xavier Woods joins us, and uh, before we jump into the interview real quick, I've got to go over some business. we got to do this to get it out of the way, but... Uh, it's not an ad or anything. Uh, please follow us. Instagram, it's Battleground Podcast. Uh, Twitter is Battleground IHR. And of course, we're on Facebook. Uh, you can find us. Just search Battleground Podcast on Facebook. Uh, but really cool, something going on right now on our Twitter. If you go and follow us, Battleground IHR, right now we have teamed up with our friends over at Fight TV to give you a chance to check out out violence and sufferings no justice no peace it's going down sunday august 16th uh davy boy smith jr is taking on tony deppin and of course uh they just announced a few days ago jtg versus brian cage that match is going to be pure fire so if you'd like to win a free code to check that out uh battleground ihr that is our twitter you can find it there and you can enter to win the code also we do have merch Battleground Podcast t-shirt. Show your love for the show. Grab your brand new just-in-time for summer neon t-shirt. TerritoryWrestlingTees.com. That's the website. But enough of me rambling on about stuff. Are you ready to do this? Here we go. Xavier Woods. This is part one. We talked to Xavier Woods uh, for well over an hour and a half. And uh, the first half we talk about wrestling. The second half we talk about video games. So the first half of part one with Xavier Woods starts right now. Let's get to that theme song. Live from the parts unknown studios, this is the Battleground Podcast. Battleground! The Battleground! Your place for all things pro wrestling. From the independent scene to WWE, AEW, ROH, NWA, and Impact Wrestling. Hot topics, as well as interviews with some of the biggest names in the game. Battleground Podcast starts now. Yes. Here are your hosts. Yes. Welcome to the Battleground. Oh, it's true. Battle and Eli. Yes. Woo. So I would figure out if I, I thought, how am I going to intro this show? And there's no way that I can do what Big E does before uh, the guys come out on the show. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it, that we are very honored to have on the Battleground Podcast today the man, the myth, the legend, Xavier Woods is with us. Dude, what's up? Hey, what's going on? Thank you for such a <laughs> such a kind intro. Yeah, nobody can really uh, do E's thing like he does. It, it, it's it's the big lungs and that big chest. That he's got. I was going to say they're strong, <laughs> just like, like I thought. I, th I thought about trying to do that, and I was like, I don't want to embarrass myself because I tried to do uh, something like that with Jinder Mahal when they came into the studio when he did the yeah. modern day Maharaja thing, and I tried to do that and completely butchered it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to look like an idiot in front of Xavier. I'm just going to introduce him the way I should introduce him. That's the thing. It's, it's something that people need to understand. Play to your strength. Don't try to be somebody else because you can be the best you, but you're only going to be the second best them. Boom. Right. Oh, I love that. <laughs> 
So uh, we are excited to have Xavier Woods on. We're going to talk all kinds of things. We're going to talk wrestling. We're going to talk video games. So we're going to kind of like we always like to do in the show. We like to do a softball question to kind of get the things flowing. So when was that moment that you knew you wanted to be a pro wrestler? And who were some of your favorites growing up? Uh, I don't remember a time where I didn't want to wrestle. I know that sounds super cliche. Um, but I guess so I can give you that answer. And then I can give you like, oh, well, in first grade. I remember very vividly the teacher going around the classroom and asking everybody what they wanted to be when they grew up. And you hear like, you know, doctor, lawyer, astronaut, football player, like whatever. And they got to me and I said pro wrestler and like everyone like openly like guffawed. Ha ha! The smallest guy in the room wants to be a pro wrestler. And it's like, that's when I knew like, man, screw y'all. I'm doing this. Uh, and, uh, I know exactly that feeling because when everybody asks me, they're like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I, everybody's like, you know, cop, whatever. And I said, radio dj and everybody just kind of laughed and now yeah. i'm a radio dj yeah because like my what was in my head was like okay so i'm gonna remember this day i'm gonna remember your, i'm gonna remember your faces i'm gonna remember <laughs> what you said and uh-huh. when once we're in our 30s i'm gonna call all of you and see if any of you reached it because yeah. i know not a one of you not a one of you is gonna stick to your guns and i guarantee you one of those oh, yeah. people that laughed is gonna be the one at wrestlemania all access asking for a photo and be like yo dude remember we were in the same class together Oh yeah, dude! It was so it's so incredibly satisfying. People in high school who were kind of that mindset, and by then I had luckily started like amateur wrestling, and I was playing football and track. I was in band. I was like of an all right level of intelligence, so I had like some like higher level classes. So I'm like fairly confident within myself at this point. And so uh, when I would constantly say I want to be a pro wrestler, more people were like, "Okay, cool. You seem you carry yourself like you can maybe do it. You're a little small, but you know maybe we got you." But to those few people who were still hating. Uh, one of them actually hit me up uh, years years ago uh, once they saw me on on TV, and they were like, "Hey man, my kid watches wrestling. I've never really been into it, but I started watching it with him, and now I see like you and your buddies are on there just acting so ridiculous, and you're actually a pro wrestler on television." And I wanted to say, "I'm so sorry for being a dick about it back in the day." And I was like, "You know what? Thanks, Aww. man. I, I, I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate That's sweet. that." And, and it's probably that guy, the kid probably, uh, you know, wanted the, the unicorn New Day headband or, you know, Hell one yeah. of those things. Bootios. I'm looking at my box of bootios as we speak. It's right to my right over here. And I'm I, you know, being being the nerd that I am. I've got the New Day Funko set sitting here on my oh, office studio oh, desk. Nice. I, I do have to tell a short story on unre- somewhat related. But when I got back into wrestling, um, I think this was like right around well i think it was before you guys hosted the wrestlemania so i think it was mm-hmm. like at least a year or two before that but got a buddy sat him down like yeah let me show you this and you guys came out first and they're like what the hell is this <laughs> i was like trust me it's like a you know at this time i think you guys were more kind of heelish i was like well you know they're very positive to the point where people hate them you know and yeah all this and you know yeah, it was it was it was a hard sell. But now, oh, yeah. now he's that's their favorite group, you know, faction or whatever. So it's gotta be. Yeah. That's and that's the thing. It's funny that uh, it like it it worked out how it was supposed to. Yeah, I like to think of it like that. You know, I mean, I think I think turning the tide. I think you, when you guys really became faces, I mean, it was just the the. the I mean, you you guys were already kind of getting pops. You kind of reminded me of like The Rock when he was, you know, supposed to be that ultimate bad guy, but everyone was quoting him and then, you know, you had to turn him face. So same kind of thing. Like, I mean, when you guys were officially crossed over, it was just like, holy crap. Like the crowds were just wild. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing. And uh, Tyler Breeze 
they're not i <laughs> would always talk about this when we were in developmental together we talk about it now still it's uh it's always weird to be in that position of trying to be like the good guy mm-hmm. especially like in this day and age because like in the 80s it's like uh you know you slap hands you got a smile on your face you say nice things to the kids and everybody's like okay cool i'm gonna cheer for this guy but it's like uh in the way that we were doing it, especially in the most over the top sense of that uh it's the dark meat baby face if you know what i'm saying um <laughs> it it allowed us to kind of take that that emotion of cynicism that i think is is more prevalent now than, mm-hmm. than in any other time uh and and for lack of a better term like use it to our advantage it's like okay well if i was watching i would hate these guys this would be so obnoxious yeah and luckily it was like a good kind of hate where the, we would hear the hate rather than not hear the hate yeah um mm-hmm. you don't want to go home heat exactly so uh so we've always been very uh thankful that that was the case because you never know how stuff is going to work out you can always hope and uh believe in yourself and stuff but you, you never are 100 percent sure until you're actually out there doing it so again like just super uh it was a, it's a very humbling experience knowing where we started with everybody mm-hmm. and where we eventually got to with everybody yeah it's been it's been crazy <laughs> um so you uh you know kind of even going back to like your nwa days i mean you you and um hayden young were the tag team champs hell yeah hell yeah hell, i mean you. that that was like a you guys held those belts for a really long time also on a personal note you were voted most popular wrestler in the nwa um what was i your... will tell you a story can i tell you a story about oh that? yeah please please i'm do. pretty sh- i'm pretty sure somebody drove around to different people's neighborhoods and stole their Wi-Fi to vote for me from different IPs. What? <laughs> and I'm totally okay with that. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously NWA is a legendary promotion, so why wouldn't? Yeah, of course. No, um, no, I wish I wish that was the case. <laughs> well, what? I mean, no. As I'm talking about the Wi-Fi, not NWA. I love uh, NWA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let me, just, let me just get get everything set straight. The Wi-Fi right. thing's a joke. And yeah. I love NWA. Okay, we are recording. <laughs> yeah, don't need. We don't, we don't need the headline of Xavier Woods bashes NWA on <laughs> yeah. on podcast. I'm like, wait, what happened? The, the guy at home's like, I stole Wi-Fi to vote for you, brother. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. That was me, by God. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What was your, what was your time like in, in, in the NBA? I mean, that was kind of a, um, uh, I don't know what you call it, um, lean times maybe. But they weren't, you know, it wasn't what they were in the 70s and 80s and all that kind of stuff. So, like, what was that run like? And then, you know, have you kind of kept up much with the resurgence over the last couple of years? You know, the new product they've been putting out? No, so I will be honest, like, I don't, I don't really watch much wrestling, which is changing because Breeze and I are starting to watch ECW from the very beginning. Oh, from nice. Oh, championship man. wrestling all the way through. I'm going to be watching a lot, but, um. I got to go back I, and I, watch, sorry to cut you off. I got to go back no, and no, no, watch no, no. the, when Shane Douglas threw the NWA title Dude. down. And I, I, I only read about that in magazines. I've never, I don't know much about it specifically, but it just, that sounds monumental. I want to go back and investigate that. It's it's awesome stuff, and we started so we started from '93. So like, Sandman is like still a beach guy. That's incredible. Full wetsuit and a surfboard, and it's like somebody said uh, was like, oh, this this is tainting my my memory of Sandman. And somebody said, if you can't rock with beach Sandman, you don't deserve drunk Uncle Sandman. Nope. <laughs> no. I was like, Hell yeah. yeah Same thing. If you, if you don't, you know, stunning Steve Austin. If you don't like him, you can't get stone cold. Yeah, you gotta you That's gotta right. let people go on the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But with with NWA, the weird thing about that. So um, at that point, I'm I'm in college. I'm wrestling around as much as I can. Um, I am so school for me 
I went to Furman University, the Harvard of the South. Um, That's a fact, actually. <laughs> yes. Top 10 most beautiful campuses on the planet. Yeah. Um, so we went to school Monday through Friday. And so eventually in school, I was wrestling. I found a place next to the school where I get to wrestle Tuesday nights. And we would sometimes train Thursday nights. I definitely wrestle somewhere Friday night. And then I'd wrestle Saturday. And then sometimes I'd wrestle twice on two, two, two shows on Sunday and then drive back to school. And that was like my four-year college experience. Oh, no geez. parties, no frat stuff. I had my friends out like I lived with and that were on my hall, but like I didn't, I missed, I, I would say missed out, but I, I, I traded um, that kind of college experience for this weird like um, work study program <laughs> that I'd made for myself. Um, it's almost like an internship. Pretty much, because I wasn't getting paid, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I want to say it was, uh, you know what? Because I met him there. I don't remember how I ended up getting booked at NWA, but I, dish, I, I went to watch a show and I just, for some reason, felt that I wasn't ready. I was just not super confident in my skills in the ring. And it's like, oh my God, this is NWA. Like, I can't even, I can't even like leave a tape here. Like, oh my God, I've been wrestling long enough. Um, but I was watching some guys go over some things in the ring. I want to say it was like Sal Renaro and um, Adrian Hawk. And I showed them what I thought would work with this, like something they were doing with the chair. They're like, hey, yeah, cool, thanks, man. And that was it. I didn't think anything of it. And um, I ended up talking to the promoter to like try to, hey, I, I wrestle, but I just like to, what well, can I run your cameras or something? Like I was trying to get in like some way, but definitely not to wrestle. Like was like, I'm not good enough. And um, he's like, yeah, sure, you can come through. And the next week, I think they, they let me wrestle. And it was because like Sal and I think Adrian talked to them. And um they were two guys that kind of took me under their wing there and really helped me out a lot. Uh, but like definitely with confidence issues, um, just like with presence in the ring, because they'd been doing a lot more than I had. And um, uh, I eventually <laughs> met my partner, Hayden Young, who became a tag team. Because as much as I, I love pro wrestling, like singles matches are incredible and all of these great one-on-one -on -one competitions. Like I, since the day I saw wrestling, I've been obsessed with tag team wrestling. It's just, it's the greatest form of wrestling on the planet to me because there's so many more pieces on the chessboard and they all only move certain directions, but they all have to work together mm -hmm. as is to create this like beautiful masterpiece. Mm -hmm. And when everything is clicking to me, and I know this might not be everybody's opinion to me, a great tag match beats a great singles match any day of the week, just because mm -hmm. to understand what actually goes into that and where the bodies go and make sure nobody dies in the process. You know what I mean? Like it's such a, such a crazy situation. Um, and so I've, I've always leaned towards tags, tag team. I just, I enjoy the bond of friendship as well. Growing up on Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers, I always believe that people are great, but people are better when they're together. Yeah, totally. Uh, so, so when I linked up with Hayden, he was like of the same mindset and he was like this crazy high flyer. I was this like son of Apollo Creed kind of thing. So I was the charisma. He was the pizzazz. And, uh, Luckily, it worked out for us there, and people, you know, they liked us, and so that was our stick for, for a good while, the awesome attraction. Yeah, that's awesome, which, speaking of tag teams, we want to also talk about your time in TNA, where you won the tag titles with Jay Lethal, yeah. which is awesome. Um, and, yeah, and also being a member of the front line, so what was it like being a part of TNA, and like, how was it different from being an NWA? Um, so obviously, the jump to a larger uh, 
company at the time being on TV. And I was extremely lucky to get a shot to be in a tag match. Um, so, sort of backtrack a little bit. So, this was when AJ had just gotten done tagging with Daniels and was going to go back on a singles run. And again, in situation, Sal Renaro was like, hey, do you want to work out with, with AJ for this week? They want to kind of get his wind back. And I was like, what? <laughs> what are, we, are you serious? And so uh, I, I was working at a daycare at the time. That's the only other like job that I've had. Well, I worked in a biopsychology lab, but daycare was the way I made money to pay for my wrestling habit. Yeah. And so nice. I went to my boss and I was like, and she and my boss at the daycare was my teacher at the daycare when I went there when I was little. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> and so oh, I love so she, that. she knew everything, like everything about wrestling. Uh, and uh, I told her, I was like, hey, I've got a shot to do something. And I have like next week off. She's like, that's really short notice, but it sounds really awesome for you. So go ahead. <laughs> yes. And so, uh, so we worked out with AJ all week. And then, I don't know, this was maybe a few months later, uh, they're doing Bound for Glory. And uh, AJ calls me. And uh, he's like, hey, are you going to Bound for Glory? And I was like, yeah, I was going to go. Cause, I mean, and, you know, it's close. Uh, he's like, okay, cool. And he hung up. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, great. And so, like, next week after that calls me, he goes, hey, are you sitting down? I was like, I, I can. And I sat down. He was like, uh, I got you a match. <laughs> Wait, AJ, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah. And I'm, and I'm thinking like, oh, awesome. cool, like, like, a, like, a, like a dark match or something to start the show off. So I'm like freaking out, right? He's like, all yeah. right, cool. Um, it'll be a tag match. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, uh, do, you, do you know who I'm wrestling? I don't, I don't, like, I, I don't want to ask questions because I don't want to like overstep anything. Like, it's good. Let's end this conversation and I can be happy. I don't want you to give me any bad news. Uh-huh. And uh, he's like, yeah, you're going to tag with Truth. And in my brain, I was like, but, but Truth is wrestling. His tag partner is Pac-Man Jones and he can't wrestle. <laughs> And, and and they're wrestling AJ and T- a- AJ, AJ. Am I on the show? He goes, Yeah, we're we're opening match. See you, kid. And he hung up. I was like, oh. That's awesome. And so, uh, so the day came, and we had the match. And that's uh, that was the first time that I was busted open, like my face got rode into the concrete, like at the Ooh. last part of the match, oh. and I and my whole. Ow. Uh, my whole is it the left my left eye I think yeah my uh. left eye just like exploded like my eyebrow and <gasps> so uh, luckily the match was like done so I get taken to the back and they you know they stitch me up and I've got whatever like seven or eight stitches in my my eyebrow mm-hmm. and I'm but I'm like I'm elated and the, yeah. the, the better thing is I hate needles I despise them <laughs> so I'm freaking out when they say oh we gotta give you stitches I'm like oh god oh, oh god no. <laughs> and then but everybody's in the room and so I'm like 19 years old and there's all mm-hmm. these guys that I watch on TV that I've looked up to for so long and I want to be like are in there and I'm like oh I can't cry I can't freak must be out. cool <laughs> gotta be okay. cool <laughs> yeah stitches that's, that's fine no big deal and um <laughs> so I drove wherever it was in Georgia I drove back to Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, my my roommates were all freaking out. We're losing our minds, like just jumping around the the, the, the department. And uh, the next day, so I had an eight a.m. class the next day, and my professor was my biopsychology professor, Doctor Honoré Rice, one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, I have a ski cap on, and I've got the whole thing like over the left side of my face. And uh, he's like, "Hey, how was your?" He's st- like, he comes and walks into class, and class has started, and he's like. Austin, how was how was last night? Because I was telling him everything. 
And everyone's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, Austin was on TV last night. <laughs> and I'm like hiding in the corner because I don't want anybody to see my face. And no. everyone's like, what? And Dr. Rice is like, yeah, what, what, what happened? How was it? And I pulled my hat up and there was like a baseball uh, on my eye. Oh he my goes, gosh. so you lost? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, then after that, Man. it was maybe maybe like a month or two, I got a call and uh, they were going to offer me a deal. And uh, I'm so excited. I call my parents. I'm like, oh, my God, I, I got, like, my goal was to get signed to wrestle on TV before I graduated. Like, and it's happening. My mom was mm-hmm. like, you're still in school. Like, you still have to finish. This is senior year. And um, I'm like, yeah, I, I do. And I will. She's like, OK, we'll figure it out. Because That was the whole thing. Like, they'll help me in anything in life. And then, but my mom said, this is your dream. You have to do this and make the decisions yourself. That's how you have to handle this because you have to know that you did it. And if you failed at it, it was your fault. And if you succeeded, it was your fault. This is your dream. And I was like, that's the best lesson I've ever met, got in my life. My yeah. And so um, I had a call with Jeff Jarrett and he was like, hey, so, you know, what do you think? And, I, and again, me, 19 years old, talking to Jeff Jarrett, I'm thinking I'm like, uh, J-E, <laughs> double F, <laughs> like I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out. And so yes. uh, I'm like, I, this is such a, such a like, great thing that you guys are offering me. I appreciate it so much. And I want to sign this, but I, I have to finish school. He was like, okay. And like, um, I'm, what, is, what does okay mean? He's like, well, can we put you on a half schedule until you graduate and then put you on a full schedule once you do? We're like, well, that'll be okay. We, can you sign it then? And I was like, yeah. He goes, all right, cool. I'll send it to you in a few days. <laughs> I'm like, wow. wait, what? And so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I go back to my, my roommates. I'm like, guys, uh, I, I just got signed. And they're like, wait, 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 what? I'm like, no, like, I got signed to TNA. And so again, we have like another freak out party. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was very, uh, I don't know. It just felt really good to be able to, uh, to be able to do what I was trying to do for so long, especially because I had yeah. previously sent like my my resume and all that stuff everywhere. And when I say resume, I mean my my folder with my eight by ten on the front with my my cover letter and my resume behind it, mm-hmm. my business card, my light scribe DVD with a bunch of my matches on it. Um, I, I sent that everywhere, and the only people to reply was WWE, and they said, you know, not mm-hmm. right. We want to reply because like you put so much effort into this resume, you didn't just send us a random flimsy DVD uh, in a box, and we want to let you know like we're not hiring guys right now that are a small issue. So that's the, that's the hmm. main reason. So, uh, but the pendulum might swing back at some point. So uh, when I got picked up by DNA, uh, it was just like this feeling of elation because, you know, once you are, are trying to get a job and like the largest company in the world is like, eh, you're not good enough for us. I'm like, oh, this stabs me in my soul. But then yeah. getting a job right there is like, okay, perfect. This is, this is, this is just as good. I'm so excited. Um, and, so I was just, I'm very happy that I got the opportunity to be a part of TNA, especially at that time. There were so many talented people there that I was able to, to learn very important lessons from that I don't think I would have been uh, anywhere near successful in WWE if I didn't learn those lessons first. Well, we were looking up some of the members of the front line. I mean, it's like a who's who, you know, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Jay Lethal, PD Williams, Eric Young, ODB, Motor City Machine Guns, you. <laughs> I mean that's a that's a heck of a squad, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, de- debatable. You got to watch the footage. It doesn't say that really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on paper. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. It's oof, man. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't realize I didn't realize you signed with them so young. I just assumed you were 
you know, 25, 26 or something. No, it was, um, yeah, it was like six months before I graduated college. Jeez. So, um, so when I, when I walked to get my diploma, I walked and went to like get on an airplane to go to a show the next day. Uh, and it, and it's that just, had just been like, a surreal moment though. It's absolutely insane, especially because, so I, my, my degrees were in psychology and philosophy. So I, I was able to double major. Um, and as I walked across the stage, shook the hand, got the diploma, I go to my dad. He goes, hey, congrats. Now you can sit around and think about why you don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, how, how long have you been waiting to say that to me? Yeah, I won these yeah. Double degrees. But, <laughs> but like, he, he, he clearly thought of it like sophomore year, but then I, right. I clearly have a job, but he still had to get it in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he doesn't bust balls, like what is, what is he, you know? Yeah. So exactly. that's, what, that's what dad's got to do, right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so kind of in between your time with TNA and WWE, you got to fight in New Japan Pro Wrestling, tagging with Kota Ibushi. What was that experience like? And is Ibushi as magical as we all think he is? I flew there for a day. Wow. Oh. I I like landed that the night before or like the afternoon before. Uh-huh. Slept, woke up, went to the show, flew out the next morning. Wow. wow was that at the uh was that the tokyo dome yeah Jeez. so it was my first time in japan beyond excited i'm so pumped yeah. and then it was like hey this is a super short trip and i'm like ah, why <laughs> why <laughs> it's like it was so it was the super juniors tag tournament and so i i hadn't had any experience calling matches with people that where we didn't share a common language and so i was i was super nervous about how things were going to go down i didn't know if there were like a bunch of people who spoke English and might be able to like be the middleman for me to help translate or, or if they could like translate the Japanese back to me and like, just tell me what's going on. Um, but, uh, it was, it, it's the, one of the easiest things ever. I had nothing to worry about. All of those guys were so incredibly good, uh, at like the nonverbal use of wrestling too. So even if I didn't understand something, just like a hand motion or the way like a body would be positioned, it's like, okay, cool. We're, we're all good. This is all the same language regardless of where we are. Um, right. But yeah, it was it was super fun. Like I said, first Super Juniors tag. Um, <laughs> and I, I wanted to go and like try to do all like the crazy what at the time I was like, oh, this is like the cool like Japanese style. I was like, I want to do this. And they're like, hey, man, you realize you're like one of the very few Americans here and you're doing like a dancing boxing gimmick. You realize like we don't really do that over here. So why don't you just play into that? People will like it. And I was like, no, but I want to I want to do this stuff. I'm like, I'm we're telling you, just try it. And so I went out and like played it up even harder than I did at home. And people like I did like a spin and a split, and all I heard was, whoa. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I can do this. I like this a lot. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good time. And luckily I got a chance to go back. But the going back story is super weird because um I was gonna go for three months and I was like begging to stay in the dojo because like like you said, I was wrestling at like NWA and I just kind of was in the south uh southeastern region before I got signed to TNA. So I, I never got to go up north to like Philly or Chicago, never went out west to Cali or like the Indies. And so I had a very southern style. Like we talk a lot more. It's all it's all glitz and glam, charisma and and not fighting really, you know, um, it's, it's, it's the characters and the personalities. And so that's all I was. And so when I got to TNA, I realized, oh my God, like X division, like I'm going to, I can do like, I'm going to do a hip toss here. If that's, if that's cool. Uh, arm drag maybe. And so I was always tried to learn that type of like high energy, fast paced, like hard hitting style. 
And um, that's what I really didn't really learn at, at the dojo. And so um, they told me it was full, so I wouldn't be able to stay. Uh, but then, like, very so- shortly before I left, it was maybe, like, three weeks before I left, three or four weeks before I left to go over there, um, mm-hmm. I got a call from WWE saying that they wanted to bring me in for a tryout. But the tryout was in the same week that I would fly out to New Japan. So me, I'm not going to be like, hey, I got, a, I got something else to do. I was like, uh, sure. And just didn't say anything. And so I go down there and we do like the first three days, I think Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then they had like a show Thursday. And then I think they do something else with us on Friday. Um, but after Wednesday night or Wednesday night came and I told them like, oh, hey, you know, like, when we're ending practice, you know, thank you so much for this opportunity. I have something that I have to leave for. I drove down so I could drive back up Wednesday night, fly out Thursday morning to Tokyo. And uh, I was like, yeah, I've, I've got to fly out. I have to leave night. And uh, John Laurinaitis was there. He looked at me and he's like, you're telling me that we're giving you the opportunity that you've been trying to achieve your entire life and you're going to leave halfway through it. And I said, sir, I, I know how it sounds. I am so sorry. I, I have to do this. And uh, he's like, what's so important that you have to leave the tryout right now? I said, I, before we had a conversation about me coming down for a tryout, I was booked to go to New Japan and I have to make good on that, on that booking. And he was like, oh, you're going to New Japan? Oh, get the hell out of here. Have fun, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and then like shortly after that, uh, they like, wanted to hire me pretty quick. And then I told uh, New Japan, and so rather than staying for like three months, I was, I was there for like a week. And then they sent me back so I could start with WWE, which was like, uh, to me, I was like, that's super, uh, I don't know, upstanding of you to be like, hey, you know what? We get it. Big opportunity for you. You go ahead. We'll figure it out. Um, so I was always ultra thankful to them to, for that rather than being upset about it or being mean to me yeah. <laughs> or mad at me or anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope at some point that, that the uh, New Japan and WWE can do stuff again. I, I had just seen, I think this was from 90, but it was... Uh, I mean, I to my knowledge, I think it was a New Japan show, but the Ultimate Warrior was the main event against Million Dollar Man. And same thing, they had the same entrances that they had in the States, and it was just Japanese announcers, you know, doing it and everything. Yeah. Um, I think I saw... Um, who else was it? Well, you... you obviously, it was Hogan and Muda. Hogan and Great Muda. That's incredible. That's probably the best match Hogan ever had. Um, but there was somebody... There was something else that was like that. Oh, it was... Um, it was a uh, Hogan against. Uh, was he fighting? No, was it Stan Hans? I don't remember. Anyways, but I mean, there obviously was a working relationship, and I think that I think now would be the perfect time to kind of you know bridge that again and try to get it combined. I don't know if Vince sees, agrees with that, but I think it'd be cool. I mean, at one time there was that little alliance there, so I feel like there's always the prophecy of when the time is right, all of the planets are aligned mm-hmm. then all things shall come together as one yeah there we go and then nobody would have to bash everybody's product and we can all just watch wrestling together as wrestling yeah. fans in harmony I, d- I just want everybody to be happy there's something for everybody i i'd say so somebody gave me a, a very good phrase don't yuck my yum so if i like thing <laughs> a and you like thing b yucking my yum of thing a doesn't make your enjoyment of thing B any better. Mm-hmm. So just leave me alone and enjoy what you enjoy. Yep. Pot, right. Rather than tearing down someone's thing that they love, why don't you just prop up the thing that you love? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, that's where I am on that, on that topic. Yeah. 
Everybody just be happy. 2020 has been, well, the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. We all know that, right? But there's one thing you can control, and that's shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. All right, here's the deal, guys. Uh, 2020 has absolutely sucked. We can all chalk it up and say that it is horrible, but there's one thing that should not change, and that is your manscaping routine. And I'm here to tell you what you need to add to your manscaping routine. I'm talking about the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. The ceramic blades and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on uh, your fellows down low because you're not going to go in all willy-nilly. This thing is amazing and you're perfectly fine with it. No cuts like you would with other trimmers. You know what I'm talking about. You've been there, right? The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof, comes with an LED light, so you can manscape in the shower in the dark or a dark shower. Whatever floats your boat. I mean, I'm not judging. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Uh, the Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails and styles. Plus, on the website at manscaped.com, you're going to find the Crop Preserver. It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer that's going to help you tame that summer swamp ass. You know here in Nashville, it's absolutely horrible. Uh, it's got natural hydrators and antioxidants in there. You're also going to find the Crop Reviver, which is a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. Not going to judge you if you're like sitting there sniffing yourself, okay? Go to manscaped.com, check out some of these life-changing products. And in fact, listeners of the Battleground Podcast right now get 20% off plus free shipping. All you got to do is use that code BATTLEGROUND at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BATTLEGROUND. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk of yours. Well, you said it. I mean, there's tons of... I mean, I think there is something for everyone right now. So yeah. if, if you're complaining now, I think you're just looking for an argument. So um, and the one thing I always find interesting about wrestling fans um, in general is we always want to complain about wanting something different. And then when something different happens, everybody just completely yeah. craps on it. Yeah. It's yeah, that, that I happened today just, on Twitter. I don't think it's just solely <laughs> wrestling fans. I think that's just kind of like society currently as it is, you know, in, in any form of entertainment, it's. Uh, it's a very instant gratification type of society, and and I'm very guilty of that as well myself. Um, but I think that sometimes we don't give things the proper time to play out. We don't want to. We want to read the whole book on day one. Yeah. Yes. Rather than allowing chapter one to be read to us, and then the next week chapter two, and then maybe the next month chapter three. But over time, we get to see this beautiful story play out of things. And I think uh, if 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 all of us would collectively make an attempt to just be a little patient sometimes with things and i think that movies would be much more enjoyed that music would be much more enjoyed that wrestling would be much more enjoyed um because because again it's just don't yuck my yum if you don't like it that's okay <laughs> totally that's totally fine it's okay kind of like just, uh you know def jam vendetta that happened monday night give us some time hell of a game <laughs> and if we don't have a remake set stat we got a problem we got a hell of a problem. <laughs> I remember I playing that game. Yes. Oh, that was a great somebody game. Somebody made a graphic because you know, like the cover of Vendetta has the guy in the hood. Uh, yes. I saw a picture on Twitter and it was like somebody put Shane inside of it. Oh, wow. And I was like, I was like, I know that people are like messing around and joking, but like I'm dead ass serious about this. Yeah. Like I, yeah. Want, I want this game. Yeah. It would be, it would be so good. Because yeah. you know, isn't isn't um isn't uh, isn't Justin Bieber technically a Def Jam artist? I he think is. so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. 
Justin Bieber would be in this game with like with all of these Def Jam artists who you think like oh stereotypical Def Jam yeah but then you got Justin Bieber in the mix too <laughs> less plus it's WWE branded too why how is it exactly. not exactly a thing yet and it's like things that you like the big companies don't think fans would want that thing would sell out day one I mean like <laughs> the original game kind of has a soft spot for most people and then like you said who wouldn't want to punch Justin Bieber in the face like. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm picking him. I'm, yeah. I'm picking him and beating everybody up with him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, just think <laughs> Run Justin to the top Bieber with, versus with Bieber. Justin Bieber versus DMX in Def Jam Vendetta. Bro, oh my god. I'd be losing my mind. Justin you Bieber versus You think this is a game? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at the lineup and, you know, with as many rappers that have beef with Joe Budden, if you put Def Jam ben- Vendetta Whoa. and Joe Budden's a character on there, man especially if you have like beat joe budden is the mode but he's just so incredibly hard <laughs> yes like uh tyson from punch out hard like yes. the big boss man and then you think about the modern graphics and stuff like oh my gosh yes it'd be incredible man i'm looking at the def jam roster right now or like the actual that's what i was just right. looking up oh okay <laughs> rihanna Run DMC. We got Beastie Boys back in there too. Mariah that, Carey. That'd be a good oh, one. Run great. DMC versus oh. New Day. Lady Gaga is a Def Jam artist? I think technically, yeah. BTS? Oh, cool. Is under, oh, BTS? They're not, Dang. They're not Def Jam. I think Def Jam, I think like I think there's they the parent them. company that owns Def Jam. So I think And then there's like the umbrella company. Yeah, I think that okay. they're on their umbrella. But still, I think that's enough. I think that's gotcha. enough coverage to throw them in the game. So, yeah, because I'm looking at Slayer too. All right, sorry, yeah. this is not yeah. relevant to anything you ever tried to talk about. Yeah. So, um, where we, oh, okay, well, I think we're going to skip a little bit. Um, so, where are we at? Okay, I think we're going to do number seven. All right, so, New Day is not only the longest reigning tag team champions in the history of the WWE, congratulations, um, you also, just the faction itself is also the longest historied, that's not the word I'm looking for, uh, tenured, <laughs> you could tell that you've been you've been a faction the longest. Yes, you've been a faction the longest. I was trying to think of the word too, and I couldn't, so I was just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna lay out." Yeah. So okay. Um. Yes. Uh. You guys were voted tag team of the year two years in a row by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Thank you, uh, Mr. Meltzer, and voted best gimmick by Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Do accolades like that matter to you guys, or do you just try not to? dwell on it or you know what, what's your opinion of, of you know stuff like that i think it's great when it's positive no oh, yeah that's a good point <laughs> no, it's, it's it's cool because it's people who are like actual fans of of uh the wrestling product you know so it's definitely again i can't like keep saying this it's like a humbling experience to, to say like oh like this group that this random like nerdy kid from georgia happened to like make his way into is winning these awards and has these accolades and is breaking records. Like it's, uh, it's, it's like every moment is kind of surreal once you get to a certain point because people will ask us like, Oh, did you, did you think this was going to happen? Did you know in your soul, like that you guys would achieve something like this? And it's like, no, like we're just three dudes who are really good friends and wanted to be on TV together. And like, that's, that's always the goal is to just have fun with our friends on TV and I feel like that's kind of what makes it work because when people see us, they, whether they like us or not, you can sense that genuine connection, that genuine human connection, connection uh, that is completely void of like 
toxic masculinity that, that you see all over the place on television and in entertainment. So um, I think people people understand the the point of of the group. Um, whether people uh, aren't super excited about like the kitty kid friendly aspects of it, like that's whatever. Uh, I feel like any any logical adult can understand like the importance of our presence in wrestling, and um, it's uh, it's really cool to see people enjoying it in ways that you wouldn't normally see people enjoying it. For instance, like um, when we started up with like the unicorn things and the bootios and all that stuff, there were so many grown adult men who were like, hey, my young daughter didn't want anything to do with wrestling. She wanted nothing up. She wouldn't even be in the room when I turn it on. But now she sees New Day. She doesn't know that y'all are called New Day. She, they, she just says, I like the unicorn guys. And she, wanted, <laughs> she wanted, and she wanted a shirt. So I got her one and I got one too. And now she wants to come to a show with me. And now she wants like action figures. And now she wants to watch the pay-per-views. And seeing that us doing like the most, the most ridiculous things that we can do on television just to see like what's funny, what makes people laugh, like is creating this genuine experience with this this guy and his daughter that may not have happened otherwise through wrestling. And so uh, it's stuff like that that really makes it um, uh, a memorable experience. Because like, like, like we've talked about millions of times, like as a kid, you want to get into wrestling because of like the lights and the action and the, it's crazy with the crowds and the costumes and all this stuff. But then when you mm-hmm. actually get into it, you find out there's so many more important things than all of that. Like that stuff, not to say that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter. You know, the, the stuff about like the, 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 the families that are getting the opportunity to now experience it show in a different light because of something that you've been able to bring to it. Like that's that to me, that's what's important about being a wrestler. Yeah, that's yeah, a good point. And, yeah, I love the connection between all you guys and the New Day Fill the Power podcast. Y'all have such a chemistry that's like you're so funny together, but so much fun at the same time. It's like, you know, I'm sure I'm like everybody else. I wish like I was just best friends with you guys. We call hang out together. <laughs> <laughs> well, after after uh, Corona, once we get a cure. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> sure we'll be traveling around up there. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Um, but I know a yeah, a couple places you could do a live podcast taping in Nashville. That's Ew. right. I love yeah. Nashville. I love Nashville. <laughs> but you know what? I gotta say, I gotta say, I got a problem with App State though. Oh, because I'm from I'm 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 a Furman guy. We got big heat with App State. Oh, uh, are you are you talking about Tennessee? No, I'm talking about North Carolina. Oh, he's talking about Asheville. Oh, you said Nashville. Asheville. Sorry. What? Wait, what'd you say? Oh. We said Nashville. You said Nashville. You know what? Disregard that last minute. <laughs> I, I do love Asheville. I love all the breweries there. But <laughs> there Never it is. Mind. We brought it back full circle. Yep. See? Asheville. Yeah. <laughs> all the rivalries are nonsense. Don't mind me. <laughs> yes. We are still recording. I mean, you know, t- Tennessee's in the news for like all the wrong reasons right now. So when you when We're you about s- to be the world right. champion of coronavirus. Yeah. So That's when right. you said that, I was like, oh God, what do we do now? <laughs> oh no, no. The Rona, the Ronskis. It's weird. Um, I feel like everybody feels like their state is the one that's in the news the most. Like I think every state kind of is going through some things right now. Yeah. yeah. There for a while, Texas Guilty. was really the bad one. But then I think actually Georgia just had all those teachers or all those students test positive in the schools that reopened yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy and yeah. it's like 
it's that situation where you don't know like what to do a lot mm-hmm. of the time and you just try to stay as safe as you can and that's what i'm hoping for people or you know try what to, to do but you you know don't do it because it's infringing on your rights that kind of thing so uh, video games Freedom are fun. Fighters. Video games, yeah. <laughs> yes. College robbers. Um, yeah, get yeah, a soapbox exactly. I don't need to be on. Yeah. I don't need to be up there right now. Speaking of college, when can we get NCAA football back on uh, PlayStation and Xbox? That's what I want. I've been trying. Everybody wants it. I don't even like football and I want it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I wish. We're, let's see. I think. Uh, yes. I think Lena. Are you? That's me. My gonna, ne- yeah. My next question. Yes. You know, 2020. We're very over it. So let's go back to 2019. Better days. <laughs> and one of the the greatest things that happened last year, if not in the last decade, was Kofi Mania. Woo! He defeated Daniel Bryan for the world title. Uh, so. When did you know he was going to win the belt? And most importantly, can you describe the moment being in the ring after he won? I knew he was going to win when he won. That they didn't that even tell you the... before. I didn't want to know. Oh, awesome! I, yeah. know that. I, th- I think I think I, I think that's emotion, how I would man. be too. Honestly, yeah, yeah. That's, you that's could feel real. it. You could feel like I cried. I was crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone was very emotional because like because honestly wrestling changes so much if if people really knew how often and how much things just change mid-match you mm-hmm. your head would spin and so i didn't want to know because if i knew and then that didn't happen i don't know what emotions would have came out of me yeah i don't know what i would have turned to in front of a camera mm-hmm. if that would have happened <laughs> so yeah said, dude don't tell me whatever happens happens mm-hmm. i love you this is going to be awesome let's go do this and um obviously like we had he and i had our part in the match um but after that no clue what's going on um so to to see it happen in real time like that close to the ring obviously because like as a fan it's like oh my god i'm right here um but then as a former as a wrestler as like a brother to Kofi Kingston and uh, as a brother to Kofi Sarkodie Mensa like Austin Watson was losing his mind you know that that's my government name <laughs> if you're not aware um, <laughs> um I love it so so all of that was very very real um and it, the thing that I really enjoyed about being a part of that is the fact that throughout all the things that I know about wrestling throughout history, like it's always a story of like that, that guy getting to the top of the mountain. I mean, he might have some buddies or something, but they're not linked in the way that, that new days linked. The story's always about that one specific person. And this story was yes, about Kofi, but the way that we were allowed to intertwine, like our love for him and wanting him to get to the top of the mountain. And to be able to show that just because in wrestling everything disintegrates and we can't have anything good and pure because there's always some form of toxic masculinity that says, I have to be a better one than you. You can't just put your love for that person ahead of uh, uh, a strip of, of leather with metal on it. You know, right. That's, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the importance of that we have or that we hold each other to in, in this group. And so... Um, to be able to show that through storytelling 
through matches, through promos and things like that, um, I feel like it added this element that we haven't really seen before. Again, something very different that we haven't seen. Because us being jealous and mad, like, that's the same thing. So if people want something mm-hmm. different, like, this is what we're always ultimately trying to do. Um, and so, 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 again, to be a part of that and for, for us to have that threat of it, it, it relying on E and I to win the gauntlet match for Kofi to get a spot, like, it... <clears throat> It made that whole moment at the end like, okay, you're at the you're at the top of the mountain. Now you got to fight. You got to hold your own. You got to show them that you're worth being champion. And as much of wrestling is what wrestling is, to show whatever. Like that's one of the that that situation that that moment and mania. Literally, I don't know if I've felt like that kind of emotion in my life. Mm-hmm. that's simply because obviously what I'm seeing in front of me, everything that we've been through as a, as a group, but all of those people in that arena, that's one of the few times there's a difference in people cheering for something and there's a, and you being able to hear it. And there's a huge difference in feeling all of that energy. Cause it was like, you could feel the heat coming off of people's bodies as the end of that match was happening and the, the joy, the tears, I saw grown men crying and hugging each other, freaking out. And you could literally feel that. Uh, and I've, I've never felt anything like that in my life. Cause it's like taking your, your one set of emotions and multiplying it by a million people. It felt like, mm-hmm. and so yeah. um, it's, it's not something that can be recreated. It was, it was the perfect storm and mm-hmm. uh, definitely the, the, the greatest, uh, moment to me the greatest moment in rest i'm gonna say hearing you tell that story i'm like getting goosebumps right now because i'm going back in my mind remembering that happening and sitting Mm -hmm. there thinking it and all you guys were in the ring and kofi's kids got in there and like how of a big deal that was and like you know you go back and you you look at videos that have been popping up all over the people of people watching it like grown men crying in bars Mm -hmm. and you know fans and everybody and it's just it's an amazing moment that I know will go down as uh, it has to be a top five moment for you. Oh, 100%. Um, Cause like on a, on an even larger scale, it's just, so remember how earlier I said in first grade, I said, I want to be a wrestler and they laughed at me. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of energy that I brought here when we became a group and we constantly rep that Kofi would be champion. People laughed at me. I know what that feeling feels like and I hate it. And I am the kind of person who understands that about himself. And I always do my best to find a way to rechannel that into a way to negate that feeling so that people understand simply because you don't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. Mm -hmm. If you have the problem of not being able to believe in yourself enough to think that you can't defy all odds, doesn't mean you need to put that on anybody else. Mm. And that is the epitome. It's the epitome of, of New Day. That's like the main thing we stand for. Yeah. If, you, if you think you can get it done, you can get it done. If you don't think you can get it done, you already lost. And I think a lot of people, you know, kind of playing into the cynical side of things, they weren't expecting that result at WrestleMania. Just, you know, there's obviously been some booking blunders over the years. And, you know, I have to say that lead up 
to him winning was almost perfect. I mean, you know, he, he gets the sub in, you know, and then you have the couple because he fought. I think he fought Daniel Bryan before Mania too, like non-title matches or something. And yeah. then you guys had your gauntlet match. Like, I mean, I was sitting there just like, holy crap, like this is incredible. And then when he actually won it, it's like, I don't even know what to say. Like, this has been incredible. Yeah. And I, I think it was just a perfect storm. And, you know, obviously I think it was long overdue. You know, I think I'll, uh, most people on the roster would, would agree. Kobe's super underrated. Um, probably should have happened five, six, seven years before that. But, that's but, neither but here nor even there. so, and, and, and Kofi will tell you this too. Like people say that, but like, if it would, if it would have happened like that, then it wouldn't have had this, this energy. Oh, Totally. Like the right. reason it had this energy yeah. is because he should, he should have, mm-hmm. he should have, mm-hmm. and he didn't, and that boiled. Yep. It's been sitting in a crock pot for what, like after even after like the five six years he was in, and I was sitting in the crock pot for like five more years, like, bro. So it was it was time, and mm-hmm. I think uh, one thing that really helped it a lot, and I, I know again I'm super biased in the situation, but our our stuff with the Usos and being able to have that like what three or four month deal with them where we beat the piss out of each other every night and then they came to us and it's like with with the respect thing and they just forfeited that part of the match like that to me added so much to it because it's like everybody it brought everybody back into the storyline mm-hmm. it was like it was like a like a, a pulp fiction oh yeah <laughs> all these different pieces <laughs> and then at the end it all comes together and it all makes sense and yeah. it makes you feel a certain kind of way so I think when you're when you're adding all of those things together, it's like um, there's a there's an idea in psychology that your in your mind your emotions are a cup, and whatever emotion is the last thing you poured in, your brain thinks the cup is full of that. So that's that's the reason why if you're on a huge like if you just got paid a million dollars whatever and then found out something terrible that negates the million dollars feeling and your cup is extremely full of what seems like sadness, but no underneath it is like the happiness, but you don't know that. So to be able to layer emotions like that in my, and what my thought is that that mental cup with that end result being Kofi winning at mania, like it was just pouring a little bit in the cup every single week. Okay. We want you to feel this. We want you to feel this. We want you to feel this. And at the end, we want you to feel this emotion that you're going to feel when Kofi wins and, and everybody felt it. And so, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to get all weird talking about it. It was dope. It was dope. Yeah. yeah. No, we I can sit it. here all day long and listen to this because this is great storytelling that most people don't get to hear, yeah. um, you know, coming from somebody that was there experiencing it firsthand. Just sitting here listening to Xavier Woods talking about uh, that moment at WrestleMania with Kofi Kingston and the fact that he was like, I, I didn't even want to know until the end of the match. I, if I was Xavier Woods, I would have loved to know him, but of course the raw emotion would have gone, but that's me. Uh, but uh, that that wraps up part one of our interview with Xavier Woods. We're dropping another episode on Monday, so uh, get ready for that. Make sure you listen and subscribe and turn on the notifications because on part two of our episode with Xavier Woods, we're diving in to all things video games. Yeah, we're talking up, up, down, down. We're talking about contender for video game of the year for 2020, what video games he's playing right now. And of course, we're going to talk about uh, music from video games. So that's going to be a fun one. So make sure you're here Monday. That episode drops. And uh, yeah, Instagram, follow us, Battleground Podcast. That's our username. Twitter, it's Battleground IHR. Of course, we're on Facebook. Just uh, search Battleground Podcast. And also, make sure you grab the brand new Neon Battleground Podcast t-shirt. You can get it at TerritoryWrestlingTees.com. But that's going to wrap it up for the show today. Have a good one, guys.
We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Battleground Podcast. Make sure you give it five stars and a nice review. To stay up to date with the show, follow them at Battleground Podcast on Instagram. 